Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an LA champion. You know? Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. No BS with the bull, Manny Fernandez, worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, the voice of choice, Bruce Wirt. And of course, this wouldn't be no BS with the bull unless we had the bull. What's going on, Manny? How's your Memorial Day weekend going? Oh, it's going wonderful. I got some good company come down, spend the weekend with me. I'm going to do some training. And I've kept my brothers and sisters in uniform and people that are serving now and the people that served before and giving in my prayers all week, making sure that we do not forget why this weekend is what this weekend is for, you know, and what it stands for with me, especially yeah. with me. You know. Yeah. And, and and I wanted to talk a little bit about that today with this being Memorial Day weekend, your time in the service, and there's a bunch of people out there that challenge that. So we'll give you the opportunity to, clear that up uh, right here today on this podcast. So uh, we'll do that. We'll talk a little bit about Don Kernoodle because you worked with him and he uh, unfortunately just passed. He was relatively young still. So sad passing of Don Kernoodle. And, uh, and there's some other stuff on your mind. So let's kick it off with you, Manny. What's happening in your world? Oh, geez. You know what you say? Relatively young. If you're not 100 years old, you pass away. You're young. Yeah. That's young. <laughs> it's sad to hear the news that some of the older generations of pro wrestlers are going down. You know, guys that I had the opportunity to step in the ring with and work with great workers. They knew the business, they knew wrestling, but it was and how to carry themselves as a real professional wrestler. It's sad that a lot of the guys are, you know, falling by the wayside or going to the ring in heaven, but, uh, you know, that's, that's life. 
you know, it's, you live it to its fullest, and when it's done and they call you, it's done. There's nothing you can do about it, you know. Some great matches no matter- that must happen up there, right? Oh, yeah, God. Uh, me and uh, when Don Cronuto and Ivan Kolov, which they were both great workers, and, and they could go like a bat out of hell. Both of them uh, beat uh, me and Dusty beat him in that cage match for the world title. That was one of the best matches I had with Ivan and him, and we had a lot of fun during that. And that's the day that uh, Ivan laid on the ground there, and I dropped the knee from the top of the cage right on his face. Mm. He didn't even move. Ivan never even moved. Uh, so much courage Ivan had, you know. Wow. <laughs> he made it for that to happen. That's it's trust. Gone. That's trust. Yeah. That's total trust. And he didn't feel nothing. I was so worried. He said, no, I didn't feel nothing, kid. I was like, wow, you have some gut, but you know, the defending title against him and Ivan, and we had a great run with him for a while until, you know, we switched off the titles again, but it's truly going to be missed. He was a good, nice guy, real nice guy. Yeah, I was saying, you said there's, you know, a lot of people had passed and and they're up in heaven, and I I said, there's probably a lot of great matches going on up there. You think about that, oh, Don yeah, Canoodle yeah. versus Andre the Giant. <laughs> Dustin, yeah, hanging out there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those. I remember those matches when I was in, in college. Dick Murdoch, Harley Race. Man, they were great then. And I was a mark. Yeah. I didn't know nothing about the business, you know? Yeah. I didn't know nothing. I came up there watching. They had some great wrestling matches. Yeah. They did. That's so, a good time. Just go ahead. Well, were you surprised that Don, I mean, 71 years old, I saw a report that just came out this week. Uh, scientists say that our body is, uh, the maximum age limit on our body is 150 years old. So at some point, technology and and science will allow us to live uh, at least that long, or, or maybe at most that long. But how were you surprised that Don Carnoodle passed away? 71 is relatively young. Uh, maybe not for wrestlers, but it's young. I was surprised that he passed, but I was surprised at his age. I thought Don Carnoodle was younger than me. I really did. I didn't know he was five years older than I was. I didn't know that. You know, I'm 66, he's 71. And when I wrestled him, I didn't, you know, I thought Don Carnoodle was younger than I was. And when I read that, that kind of, Shunned me a little bit that he was that old, but you know, I'm pretty sure he enjoyed his 71 years on this planet. Yeah, for sure. He worked a lot with Sergeant Slaughter. Did you do anything with Sergeant Slaughter along your road? No. By the time I got to Mid Atlantic, uh, he had left and went to WWF. That's when uh, he left w, uh, WCW or Mid Atlantic and went to WWF. He was already up there. Got it. But we met along the way. You know, we had shows and stuff like that. We have met. So he he was a great guy, too. I, I'm looking at a lot of these pictures with Don Carnoodle. He's draped in the uh, the Southern Confederate flag, which certainly wouldn't fly today. Was was that yeah, just he, something that he was from the South, so they put him in that garb, and that's, that's the way it was? Yeah, he was from Burlington. He was born and raised in Burlington, North Carolina. So, yeah, he was a Southern boy. Yeah, and did was was your experience, Manny? And I'm sorry to get off topic here. Uh, that that the the Confederate flag is a symbol of hatred today in a lot of ways. Was your experience that the guys that 
wore Confederate gear back in the uh, the seventies and eighties? Were they were they filled with hatred, or was it just something that they did because they were from the South? No, it was their gimmick. It was it was no statement. They had they they weren't making statements. They were just a gimmick. You know, it was Southern place, and you know the people, the fans. There's a lot of fans that believed in in the stars and bars, as, as yep. they called them or whatever they called it. But uh, there was a gimmick. There was no, nothing to it. Yeah, because Dick Murdoch was uh, he was the rebel uh, and wore that at one point in the WWF, and then. Uh, yeah, the Southern Boys. You had obviously Don Carnoodle. There was a, a few people that came up uh, wearing that yeah. gear, but yeah, it didn't age well. But um, you know, that's that's something I'm sure a lot of fans question when they're watching those matches: is what was in those guys' hearts. And you're saying uh, nothing more than just uh, a gimmick. A gimmick. Yeah, there you go. Dick Murdoch. He's the one that got me started. Dick Murdoch. He was no daggone rebel. He was from Texas. He was more <laughs> Texas born, Texas bred. And when he died, he was Texas dead. But, you know, Dickie Murdoch was just Texas, big, tall Texas. <laughs> and, you know, shame on me. I said Dick Murdoch. I met Dick Slater. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dickie. Yeah, he's from Florida. Yeah, Dick Dickie. Slater was the, the the rebel Dick Slater. Uh, I'll I'll get I'll get crucified by the fans out there uh, for for getting that mixed up. So I won't even edit it. So you can hate on me all you want, all of you uh, wrestling fans out there. Dick Slater was the rebel. Uh, Manny, <laughs> Manny, what's up? So so you had to run with Don Carnoodle for the tag team belts. Any other major memories of Don Carnoodle? that pro cropped up while when he passed when you heard the news no it's just that little feud he had with ivan you know when uh he turned and ivan and nikita turned on don and the little run that they had together it was some good matches against ivan but you know if you can't wrestle a guy like ivan koloff and have a great match and you've got to be horrible <laughs> you know you got to be one of the worst wrestlers in the world but ivan koloff was one hell of a hand he was one hell of a guy but uh Let's go back. You know, I want to, you know, we, we talk about Memorial Day weekend. I also want to thank all the fans that celebrate the weekend with, you know, that kept some of, put food on the table for a lot of those guys. We can't forget the fans. I want to thank them for all their support throughout the years for not only myself, but every wrestler that put on a pair of boots. I'm not talking entertainers. I'm talking about wrestling back in the day. So, you know, thank all those fans that used to show up by the thousands. When we had Mid Atlantic and WWF at that, WCW, we always had great crowds. Fans were always there. So I want to thank them too for everything they did this weekend. Keep us going. But getting back to that, Don Canudo had, you know, he had a couple of a run with the Ivan Koloff and he kind of slowly disappeared from Mid Atlantic and WCW. So I didn't know where Don went after that. So I kind of lost touch with him. Yeah. And, and listen, he had a, a great career. He was, um, you know, didn't didn't live in the spotlight of New York, but just one of those guys that just uh, worked the, the circuits, worked the territories and was very respected. I was I saw a lot of, of videos and articles from uh, from legends. And I know you hate that term, but from from people that worked with Don Canoodle that really uh, poured out love and respect and praise for Don. So, uh, 
you know, our thoughts and prayers and blessings go out to the family of Don Carnoodle and those that were closest to him and his friends. You didn't keep in touch after after you guys both kind of retired, did you? No, no. I was like, I lost touch with him during uh, when he got released from WCW. <laughs> he just kind of disappeared and never came back. He was there one day. You know how this business is. You're there one day and you're gone the next. And then yeah. you just kind of, it used to be where that happened. It was because the guy was going to another territory. So you never lost touch because you know, he was working in another territory and you'd see him in another place in another territory, but that doesn't happen anymore. I, I guess, the, and, and not bearing the lead here, but you know, the fact that, and, and, and nobody, nobody knows what really happened, but reports, are saying that you know he was he was uh, he passed from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, and that's what's out there right now. And that it just gives me the opportunity to, to ask you, Manny. There's a lot of wrestlers that leave us early, and a lot of tragedy that happens uh, related to the sport. Is that you know he had a lot of pain, a lot of illness? Do you think that um, suicide is something that crosses wrestlers mind maybe more often because of the pain that, that you guys have to live with from, from her being so hard on your body all those years. You know, I don't know about that. You know, I hope that wasn't the case with Don, but I lived through that with uh, the Grams, Eddie Graham and uh, Mike Graham. Yeah. yeah. That family and, and, uh, you know, Mike Graham's son taking his life, and Eddie taking his life. And then, my grandson taking his life and then Mike taking his life. Yeah. I lived through that thing, you know, but, you know, in my world, you know, like I, you know, rushing is what I did. It was my life. But in my life, my more concern, my deepest concern at that time was the suicide rate for Vietnam veterans, you know? Yeah. That, that was my deepest concern, especially when I started getting treatment for my PTSD. The biggest concern is, you know, you, you go to a meeting one time, like in wrestling, you know, everybody was there and you knew they were there because you had to wrestle them. But you go to a PTSD meeting or you go to a mental health meeting one time and you sit down at the meeting and you got your uh, psychiatrist there running the class and uh, all of a sudden one guy doesn't show up anymore, you know. Yeah. And you wonder what's going on and, you know, that happens and you get the word that he committed suicide so that's that's been a major factor part part of my life for the last 20 some years you know having to deal with losing a brother that i spend time in the military with you know maybe not in the same same service maybe not in the navy maybe not in the marines Army, but we're all the same we all did the same thing we all were dedicated to protecting the freedoms of this country you know so we took an oath when we take that oath, it's with you for life. It doesn't go away. You know, it stays with you. It doesn't go away ever. So you, you hold the dear to that oath, you know, and, and when you lose a brother like that, and even if you say that's what happened to Don, that's sad. But in my life, losing a brother that put his life on the line for this country is even worse. It hits me closer to home. Not that I don't have feelings for it. Mr. Canoodle and his family, I pray they have all the best in the world and, and my prayers are, are with them, but 
to lose a brother that put his life on the line for this country because he can't stand what what happened in country is harder on me than anything in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to talk about that. I, I want to take a quick break. We'll, we'll wrap up the Don Canoodle stuff. We'll come back. And I want to spend some time on your military. Don Canoodle passed away uh, on May 17th at, uh, you know, reportedly by a self-inflicted gunshot wound after visiting the doctor. So maybe he got a bad diagnosis, didn't want to live out uh, the final days in agony and, and made that choice himself. Only he knows. So, uh, again, blessings to the family of Don Canoodle. Quick break. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk about Manny's military career uh, or what led up to it, at least, and uh, clear up some rumors. This is No BS with the Bull, Manny Fernandez on VOC Nation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VOC Nation takes wrestling fans behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Get stories and inside information from people who worked on the other side of the curtain. Follow the VOC Nation Wrestling Network podcast feed and get weekly shows from hosts like Bill After, The Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, Ken Resnick, The Maestro, Shelly Martinez, Wes Briscoe, and more. Visit VOCNation.com for more information and follow us on Twitter at VOCNation. All right, back here. No BS with the Bull on VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Hey, Manny, I'm, I'm like 11 days into like allergies mixed with a head cold. My kids got a cold and I was, uh, we were on vacation and my, my, I was sleeping in the same room, my daughter. So I had no choice but to get that cold. Negative for COVID, negative for flu, so nothing serious, but just an annoying, you know, cold. And I'm down to just, you know, you know, at the end of your cold, you get some um, congestion. Your nose isn't running, but it's sitting up there, and you got to blow it out every couple of, uh, you know, every hour or so. It's just that terrible time, and uh, just horrible. I'm, I'm just ready for this thing to be out of my body. Well, you're pretty lucky. I've had my nose broken 13 times. So I blow my nose every 10 minutes. <laughs> Do you saline? Uh, that's a new thing for me. I, I love, uh, yeah. no, they're not a sponsor, but simply say saline by Arm & Hammer is the best thing I ever had in my life. Really? Give it a shot. Yeah. It's got a nice little Give pump it and it just yeah. sprays a stream in there. You blow it all out and, and you're good to go. There you go. I might give it a shot, but all right, we're, we're talking um, talking a little bit about Don Canoodle's tragic passing by suicide, and you brought up, you know, being in the military and watching suicide for other reasons. And I wanted to talk today a little bit about your military career because there's so much controversy around it. It's stupid that that there is because I've gotten to know you, and um, I I don't see what. Uh, why other people challenge you so much but i wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about it today and and open up your heart so that people um get the view that i got of manny fernandez so 
let's do that. And happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. And, and we want to thank everybody uh, and the families that uh, have been with somebody that gave their life for this country and to live uh, freely the way that we do today. But Manny, tell us, take, take me back to the beginning. Uh, you you uh, went to school and you decided at some point you wanted to go into the service. So what, what laid that on your heart? Well, I laid that on my heart is when I went to my mom got sick of diabetes, so I stayed close to home. Uh, I passed some scholarships to play just about anywhere in the country to play, uh, play football, wrestling, you know, and uh, I wanted to be close to home with my mom. So I went to San Jose City College, a junior college right down the road from where I live and uh, used to do a really good football program. And I went there and, you know, in California at that time in the 70s, early 70s, uh, there's a lot of protesting in California, you know, the peace movement with all that. And, you know, they were calling Vietnam veterans or Vietnam soldiers, baby killers and disrespecting them so bad, bitten on them, throwing tomatoes on them when they came home. And, you know, I come from a military family. All my uncles served in the military, in the Navy. They all served in, uh, in the Navy during World War II. One of my uncles was in the Battle of Midway on one of the destroyers there and. uh, yeah, that was a great battle for the U.S. in the U.S. history. He was in there, so that that was in my background. But I never really thought about it until, you know, all that started affecting the campuses of the colleges, where all these people would protest all the wars and the war was going on in Vietnam. And I was coming off my my sophomore year in college, uh, at junior college. We were the number one junior ranked college in the in the nation for football, and uh, that's the year I made junior college All-American and won all these accolades, offensive linemen of the year, uh, all unanimous selection, all the, the all-league teams and stuff. Uh, and I had an opportunity to play at Washington or Washington State or UCLA. So one for my mother, I wouldn't be much of anything to tell you the truth. I'd probably be <laughs> locked up for all my life. Nah. I would have never had a career. would have never had the, the joy of meeting the people I met and became a pro wrestler. So you stayed home for mom. You didn't take a big scholarship because of mom. You wanted to be close to home. You went to junior college, and uh, how did junior college scholarship? I would I wouldn't say that. I got a junior college scholarship. They paid for everything. They paid for all my books and everything. They paid for my tuition, and they even got me a job watching the wrestling mat. Which all I did was sit down there and do my homework, and I got paid eight bucks an hour for that. So it did a pretty good thing. Yeah, I meant the big schools. You you turned down the big schools because you wanted to stay close to home. Well, I was in college, in junior college, and they're having the protests on campus. You know, there's a lot of people that really, really got under my skin with all their banners and stuff saying, you know, derogatory things about the Vietnam veterans of, the, of Vietnam soldiers doing Vietnam. And it just drove me nuts. And, you know, I told my mom that I think I wanted to serve, you know, because of what's going on and I can't take these people being that cruel and that ignorant. So it just so I wanted to serve and she was dead, dead against it. Oh, she was dead set against it. There was no way she wanted her boy to go off and end up in some far away war. She just didn't want that. And I just told her, look, mom, I love you to death, but it's what I want to do. And I don't, if I don't do it, I won't play ball anymore. I just wow. don't feel right. So, so, you know, she let me do what I did and what I did. And 
to this day, I don't regret a damn thing. I'm just, I am very proud that I served my country. And, you know, you're never going to stop stupid people. Haters are haters. They're going to hate you no matter what. You know, and that, that's the bad thing about professional wrestling. If people can't accomplish anything in their own life, they're going to hate on somebody else. If people got to look down on me. It's got to be tough for you because of, you know, this, I mean, this is tied to your mother, a tough decision for you. You, you walked away from yeah. scholarships to serve your country. And then you have people out there that just for whatever reason, don't want to believe you because Jim Cornette said something or, or, you know, who's somebody Jim that Cornette? just who's didn't like you. Who's Jim, Cornette? who's Jim Cornette? He still runs around in pampers. You know, who's Jim <laughs> Cornette? Who the hell is Jim Cornette? You know, back in the day before I got locked up and taken my freedom away, like some kind of animal, I would have been up, uh, you know, I would have went after him. I would have found that bastard and went after him and put him in the ground. You know, it doesn't bother me. You know, it's like I tell people, you know, you, 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 you're born to die. So what you do between then and now and then is, is that's up to you. It's your life to run. And if I wanted to end up in prison all my life, I'd end up killing a whole bunch of people because they made me angry because they're that stupid. But you're never going to stop haters because they're already there. You know, they're haters because they can never accomplish nothing outside of getting on their knees and begging for a job or getting on their knees and doing something else to get a secure job. And that's Jim Cornette. And that's, that's the way he's always going to be. That's why I was laughing the other day that they even use this idiot, maybe because that's all he ever could do is run his mouth <laughs> on these the dark side of the, the moon thing. His mouth is good for other things than talking. I'm pretty sure a lot of guys will tell you that, <laughs> especially Jerry Jarrett, you know, but, uh, you know, people like that, if they're looking down on you, it's because they're already down. They have no life. Their life means nothing. You know, what have they really accomplished? Being a pro wrestler or being a pro wrestling manager? Wow, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah, right. You know, what have you really done in history that really means something to people? You Manny, know, that's, why, that's the thing. Why do you think that Jim Cornette put this out there? I mean, because he's the biggest opponent of your your military service. I mean, he's been the most vocal. Why do you think he 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 did that? What what, what did you guys have heat back in the day and he's trying to settle a score? What what is it? <laughs> I never liked the guy. Didn't even talk to the guy when he was at WCW. I really uh, always wanted to kick him off the plane. I just thought he was a, uh, I thought he was a worthless piece of garbage. And all he could do, he, he was always teamed up with people who didn't know how to talk on the mic. You know, yeah. guys like Bobby, Dennis Condry, they weren't mic men. You know, they couldn't talk on the mic, so they needed a mouthpiece to run it for them to get over. And that was that's all he was was a mouthpiece. And I told him that. I constantly reminded him he's worthless. You know, but whatever heat he's got, he's like, like I said, I'm glad I turned New Leaf because I'd be a lot of people on the ground. I'm not afraid of being put away. You know, right. <laughs> I have no problem. You know, I, I could survive in prison. That's why I asked them if they could. You know, <laughs> a lot of, they, they can't even survive in my shoes. I promise you that. Those guys could not even survive one day in my shoes, sure. much less a lifetime much less lifetime, you know, I don't have to prove, I send you something that, to prove what I have done. You know, I send it out so you would have no questions about me neither, that you run a straight program and you know that I have served. I send you the yeah. proof. Yeah. And you know that. 
And I want let me say that to everybody out there, including Jim Cornette, uh, that I've seen the documentation that proves Manny's story. And, And that's all I have to say. And you can believe me or not believe me, and you can hate on me or, or not hate on me. I know for a fact that Manny's story is exactly as he says it. And, and that's all that matters to me. And, and I hope people take peace with that because there's a lot of people. I've gotten, I've gotten mail, Manny, people in the military and that are upset that, um, that you have this platform to talk about it. And my answer is always the same. You don't know Manny's story. Only Manny knows Manny's story. So you're choosing to believe somebody else's version of that story who who might have an agenda. Or, I mean, in the case of Jim Cornette, he's just trying to draw ears on his podcast. So I'm stating for anybody listening to this show that I know firsthand, I've seen the documentation, that Manny's story is... is uh, pretty much where he says it is. And, and I hope we can put that to rest because it's, uh, it, it's tough for me to, you know, I've become close to you over the last few months. We're, we're doing this show and I don't like to hear, um, I don't like to hear the hate cause you don't deserve it. You're a good guy. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people trying to use somebody else's coattails to make something out of themselves. I never had to do that. Never had to do that. You know, people were alive today. If Murdoch was alive today, they'd tell you stories. They'd tell you stories. Dusty Rhodes told one guy one time, you know, when somebody was doubting my 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 athleticism, Dusty Rhodes jumped his butt and said, no, that's one hell of an athlete there. You can't say that about him. He's a hell of an athlete. You know, there's people there that can prove who I am and what I am, but what is it? who is it to prove to? You don't have to prove nothing to nobody because they're nobody already. You know, it's, it's like this. If I didn't have what I had, I wouldn't worry about that. I'd be out there scrounging a dollar here and a dollar there from, from wrestling, trying to hang around wrestling so you can make a living, scrounge up your money, a bunch of welfare workers, I, I call them. You know, I get, I get my military retirement, my pension for service connection. I get free medical as a VA, free prescription drugs. I get everything, I need free surgeries, on my, which I'm fixing to have, a hip surgery. None of that starts me, and that's because I'm a, a war vet. Okay, not because of anything else. And if you didn't have that in your background, you dang sure wouldn't get free treatment at the VA. You know, sure. <laughs> so you know that's 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 proven already. These guys got to pay for their own medical expenses, and that's why they hang around wrestling and they try to be glorified pimps. Well, I call them glorified pimps of pro wrestling because they're out there pimping themselves, trying to make a dollar so they can stay uh, alive in this world, I guess, or whatever reason they have to do it. But, you know, when you glorify somebody like Jim Cornette, you just give them a bigger platform to work with. But, you know, anybody with the right mind, anybody that's half a man, you could take a look at Jim Cornette and say he's nothing but a adult in pamper diapers, still running around in pampers, you know. Was, but, is this, you know? So is the challenges of your, of your service, Manny, do they go back to when you wrestled or is this relatively recent when people, you know, now I, I feel like so many people have podcasts and they're all looking for things to say and generate heat, generate exposure. Was this around back when you actually wrestled or is this uh, after they don't have no. to be face to face with you? Now it's easier to talk behind your back. No, no, because <laughs> they came up a lot of times. 
uh, Davy Crockett would bring it up in my matches at WCW at uh, TBS Studios. He'd bring it. Never came. It just came up recently in the last within the last eight to ten years when uh, uh, stupid uh, uh, Cornette got with uh, what is his name Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard. And it's shameful because I trained Bruce Pritchard's brother uh, Tom. Tom and Tom knows my background, so I don't know. It started with that and. It started with uh, some other, they picked it up and then some people that went to my wrestling school in California. And, you know, I trained a lot of my kids. I trained them the way I was trained when I was in the military, the same style, hard, you know, the push-ups, the roll-throughs, everything that I had to go through to become what I became, I trained them that way. And these people out in California couldn't take that. They wanted to be pampered. They wanted not to be yelled at. You know, I, I, I run my school like a D.I., you know, like a DI ran me. So, <laughs> right. You know, and, and that's the way it is. That's how they get in shape so they don't get hurt. That's how they stay in shape so they don't hurt nobody else. My number one thing is safety. Same as we were trained in the military, safety, precautions and everything, until you have to use deadly force. It's not till then you train, but first you train safety. That's what train. And guys couldn't take it. They thought they were, oh, you're, you're too rough and you yell too much, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go back. Don't come back. You're not hurting my feelings, you know. So these people that quit on the school out in California went around and jumped on the bandwagon with Cornette and them, you know, and started saying the same. But, you know, it's like this. It's nothing but a bunch of losers that can't do anything, you know. They've done nothing with their careers. They're, they're uh, backyarders. You know, they're over there wrestling in the backyard and stuff like that. And Cornette's is running his mouth because he wants to keep viable in the business. He wants people to, I don't know, invite guys over to watch him or so he can watch him uh, do his thing, their thing with uh, his better half, I guess. I don't know. A lot of stories about that. That's yeah. a lot of stories about that going around, too. That's you know, out true. There. You know, he wants to get stupid. A lot of stories about him inviting other wrestlers, young wrestlers to come over so he can watch him do his thing with his better half, I guess. I wouldn't call her better half, but, <laughs> you know. But, you know, I, you know, if you want to play low and dirty, then I can get low. I can get down as dirty as the dirtiest son of a gun in the world. Okay, I can be as low. And it's, the last thing you want to do is get me in that, what I was like 10, 12 years ago. But I go back to being that person. I feel bad for you because I would hunt you down. You know, and I'll make sure your life is misery. But I don't do that anymore. I believe in my Lord Jesus Christ. And every time I get those notions, Bruce, I can honestly tell you that I sit down and I pray real hard. I got an altar in my home. I have my candles there and I sit down and I pray hard to get those feelings out of my head because I'm 66 years old. I got one foot in the grave, bro. You think I'm afraid to kill you? I'm not afraid to kill you. <laughs> not. That's the bottom line with me. I'm not. I'll go take your life and sit down and have a cup of coffee. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. bother me. Well, I've been it. Yeah. that sounds like something out of a movie, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a Bruce I, Bruce, hey, Bruce I feel like, you know, I'm going to watch a movie of Manny Fernandez go, you know, take, take somebody out and then go to the coffee shop and sip one down. <laughs> a Bruce Willis movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Manny, just getting back to the, the actual service, uh, you said that you've come back. I mean, you're back. We won't talk about the things that happened while you served because that's that's between you and your brothers that were over hey. there. And 
but coming back, you said that the mental stress is a lot, right? Because you see things and you have to relive things over and over and over again. And, and a lot of people can't, can't deal with that. Right. 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 I still do. That's why I have treatment mental health. Just got off my week of mental health, uh, uh, stand down, mental health stand down uh, at the VA. You know, I still do that. You know, I want to say one thing though. I did not know this, but when I did evacuation, when we back Saigon and, and Cambodia and we went in and got that, I did not know that one of the carriers, the USS Midway that was out there, Denny Brown was serving at the same time I was serving. Denny Brown, the junior heavyweight champion of the world, Dennis Brown. He was out there on the Midway. He was sending guys off off the Midway. I didn't know that till like 10 years ago. 10 years ago, he had told me, he showed me his uh, certificate serving the uh, Enduring Wind, Operation Enduring Wind. Downtown I didn't know that. Downtown Brown. Yeah. Downtown Danny Brown, brother. And, and all these years, I was wondering why I got so close to him right away. But we didn't know that about each other till about 10 years ago when I told him he was struggling with his mental health. And I, do, I said, Denny, you're a veteran, aren't you? He said, yeah, I served on the Midway doing evac. I said, dude, you need to go to the VA. You need to get treated for that. You need to get, and sure enough, he went to the VA. He got his 100% disability. He's getting a service connection. He bought him a new home and a boat. I mean, he's enjoying life in Florida now, but he's getting treatment. He's going to treatment like I do. But I didn't know that about him. And it really amazed me that we could have served together on the same grounds in the same country and didn't even know each other. That was amazing. That's yeah. That, that's, yeah. Well, you just don't, I mean, you don't realize it because you're single-minded when you're over there, right? I mean, you're just about protecting yourself, protecting others and, and doing your job. And, and you're so, aren't you so wrapped up into the people that, cause it's, it's, it, you're in your own group, right? And you're so wrapped up in just that group. You're not really? thinking about the whole thing. The only people you trust is the brother side of you, to the left of you and the right of you. That's the only people you trust. Because you know the brother behind you that's got your flank and everything, you know, got your rear. Right. That's, those are the people you trust. You trust nobody else. You don't, I don't care what side they, they were on, north, south. You just do not. Whether they were civilian or not, you just don't trust anybody. That's how you stay alive. Right. That's how you survive things like that. You just don't trust anybody. But yeah, you know, it, the PTSD that I deal with now, I'm getting a lot better now with the medication. But before I went to the VA and realized that I was diagnosed for that, I even told the doctors at the VA, I said, you're, you're full of crap. You're full of crap. I said, I've been angry all my life. I had a bad temper all my life. I've been fighting since I was seven years old. Sure. All these uh, treatments and stuff and all these examinations. And they kept coming back and said, no, you, you do have PTSD. Well, I kind of knew I had something wrong when I came back and, and went home. My mom was in El Paso at that time, taking care of her mother because she was on her last stages of her life. And uh, I went straight home to El Paso to be with my mom. And I had a lot of times waking up with bad nightmares. And a lot of times my mom would come in there and comfort me. So I knew something was going on because that never happened before. So... You know, those things were hard to deal with until my mom got me back into football. And like a lot of my doctors have said, 
I had a platform to release where a lot of these guys, veterans that came back, didn't have a platform to release their anger and their stress and frustration. I had a platform. I had football. I went on the football field. I played angry. You couldn't beat me because, man, I played angry. I was determined to knock you down, you know, and that's a lot of times got me in trouble and a lot of 15-yard penalties for keep punching people, you know, but uh, I had that platform, and once I lost that platform, I had pro wrestling platform where I went in the ring and trained real hard with Murdoch and Funk and Dennis Stamp and Larry Lane and all those guys, and they busted me, busted my butt, but I never quit, and, you know, so I had a platform to, to, for some of that to escape. Then, of course, you know, I'd go out to bars and, and start drinking and people say something stupid. And of course, I bam, 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 there I went. Here come the cops. So I had a lot of that. So I'm kind of glad that I got involved with the VA in 2001 so they could figure out where I could enjoy a comfortable life, you know. Because no matter what you do in life, you're always going to have stupid haters. There's shortfalls in life. And they didn't accomplish much or anything. If you think accomplished being a pro wrestler in life, you know, I, I, I love it. I, I love what I did. And I love the people that I met around it and all the fans. But when it comes to it being my life, it's not. It's not even close to being my life. Sure. Yeah, Manny, do you still touch base with anybody that you served with all these years later? Yeah. When, when I go to California, when I go visit California, I hate California, so all I do is visit because that's where my mom's buried. When I go over there, I do go to the VA there. and They have groups. They have the mental health groups. They have the PTSD groups. And there's still a lot of the guys that go to those groups. That, when I attended those groups, there's a lot of the old timers there that are, that are still there taking, getting their treatment, still going for their sanity to keep their sanity and, you know, the enjoyment, enjoying their lives. Yeah. That's, that's, well, we're all brothers. If I see a vet, like the other day I went to Sam's Club to get ready for this holiday weekend. I went to Sam's Club and, you know, I ride around those little carts because my hip. I ride around, put Reggie in the middle of me, ride around it. I come around the corner and there was a old Vietnam veteran with his hat on. And of course, I wear mine proudly all the time. And uh, we saluted each other. And it just feels like you know each other. You know, the people never understand, never, ever understand. You can't even comprehend that feeling. So, you know, that feels good. It, you just feel like your brother's from day, from birth because of what you went through. And like I said, nobody will ever understand that feeling. And and you said that, um, you know, all these years later, you still hear of people that take their lives because of what happened there or that, you know, they feel like they worked so hard to protect the country and they don't like the way that it's going today. And, uh, and that, that has to get you. Yeah. It does get me. A lot of them to deal with their health issues. And I got a lot of health issues either to it, but to me and my religion, suicide is a mortal sin, you know, and, uh, being Catholic like that, I got pains everywhere. I busted up, you know, this whole body has been shot twice, stabbed eight times, broken bones. And, and, you know, uh, I got a hip replacement, another knee replacement, back replacement. I don't know what the hell that got to be done, but I, I couldn't do that to myself. I mean, I still feel like the Lord's got a lot left in me to offer the world. I'm still training people, educating them in the proper way of wrestling, you know. So I just believe that he's got still got plans for me. 
So I, I, you know, I pray for my brothers that had made that choice, but a lot of them live in a lot of pain, of pain, you know, and and self medicate with not drinking or doing bad things anymore, and uh, they self medicate to the point to where that's no other option for them, you know. Right. After that, self self medication doesn't help anymore. There's they're left with hardly any other options. But you know, I wish they would just go back to the group meetings and and know that there's help there. There is help there. But, you know, some choose to do what they do. And there's nothing anybody could do about it. Yeah. And that, to me, is the sad part. Very sad. Yeah. I I think that, and and, and listen, I, I, I've, um, I haven't served, so I, I don't speak from, from firsthand knowledge, but I think with, uh, with any kind of substance, there's uh there's only your body gets used to everything right so any drug that you take works the first time works a little bit less the second time and on and on and on doesn't work anymore you spend more and more money to try to chase it down and then you're in such a bad way at the end of it that you see no other way out and i think that's what happens to people my um you know my career this is something that i've done uh, passionately on the side for 12 years now, radio and then podcasting. And I, uh, my career's in leadership. And I feel strongly that no matter when in life you do it, you have to find your purpose. And whether, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to force my spirituality on somebody, but God has a purpose in, in, in my view for everybody. And you have to find that. You have to find your passion too. And, and if they intersect even better, like my purpose is leadership. My passion is public speaking. And I think they both work hand in hand to help people. And, you know, I always say everything that I do, whether it's a podcast or a presentation, if I can help one person be a little bit better and get through life and find their way, then, then I've, I've done a good job that day. So, and I think that's, that's where you and I are trying to do on a show like today, where it's not not so much fun. It's serious, but if anybody listens to it and um, feels a little bit better or goes and finds another route to uh, get get themselves some help, then I think we did our job today, Manny. Yeah, we we did. It was wonderful because God does have a purpose for everyone on this planet. You know, everyone He has plans for everyone, and I wish they would understand that understand that God has a plan for you. There's no one too big, too small, no matter what, there is a plan for you and you just got to believe in it. Have faith in yourself. Like it's one thing I've always had in myself since my mom raised me. I've always had faith in myself. When I started playing baseball, I want to be the best baseball player. When I started wrestling amateur, I want to be the best amateur. When I played football, I want to be the best football player on the field, no matter where I played, you know, I just wanted to be the best. So there's a purpose if you have faith in yourself. If you have faith in yourself, there's nothing that can beat you or defeat you in this life. You just keep believing and believe in yourself and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will do and accomplish many things in your life. And, you know, that's, that's basically what I have done and fortunate enough to have done. And that's why I guess you have haters. <laughs> You'll never stop any haters, Bruce, no matter what. You could You could put... 10,000 pieces of evidence out there and you're always going to have haters no matter what because that's just what they know how to do best yeah and that's what turns on turns on is their little uh 
flock of people that uh, they're little groupies that, that think they're, uh, you know, some, uh, somebody walking on water, which are not, you know, but they're little groupies, little guys that are loyal to this little idiots, the idiots and the ignorant people of the world. They'll always be there for them. So you'll never, you'll never get rid of that. No matter how hard you try. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you put them in the ground though. Unless you put them in the ground. Well, you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to, <laughs> we want to keep this positive. Don't go out and kill anybody. We want you to find your no. purpose and your passion and, and <laughs> put a positive yeah. impact on life. Oh, I know. You know, it's funny. We got to talking last week. I got my kids here and we're working out, right? It's going to be an enjoyable weekend because I get to train all three days at work for the holiday. And that's so enjoyable to me. But I had my kids here that I trained many years ago. And some of them had WWD experience and tryouts and stuff like that. But they made a lot of their fame and independence, you know, their money with independence promotion and stuff. And you know what I tell you? I'm glad I got my own school that I tried with other helping other people and everything. It's because of the stories I heard yesterday from my from schizo kid uh, that I trained in uh, pink, you know, when I trained him in San Antonio for that. R we won't say his name, but his initials RBG. But he, he told me a story that I trained my kids the way that I trained in the military, and they loved it. Even hanging upside down in the ring and letting me punch them in the stomach, you know, to toughen up their stomach and stuff, all that stuff. <laughs> you know, the, the, after every time that I was done training them, and that guy, RBG, would show up to collect the dues, Instead of training them, because it was his school, he'd just show up to collect the dues, and he would ask them, well, what did Manny teach you today? And they would tell him, and he'd say, oh, he's all wrong. I'm going to have to retrain you and redo him. He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, boy. I started laughing. I go, what? Here's a guy that only has, what, 30 seconds experience in WWE squash matches? That's all he ever did, not even last a minute? And he's telling you I can't train people. Now, that's a good one. Unreal. I can imagine. Can you believe? Can you believe the nerve of some people? Yeah, well, Unreal. Yeah, the world. Go, you learn from everything you do, and and that's what makes the world go round. You got any any big plans for the weekend, Manny? I know you got some people yeah, in town. I, You're going to be cooking and having a good time. Well, I cheated and cooked last night because they were taking forever to get here. So I already got pre-made barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to sit out here with the mosquitoes like I'm doing now. But no, I had a, a big, big honor bestowed on me yesterday. They have a, a wrestling, a Smash Mouth Wrestling here in East Texas. Do a lot of good shows, and but they do shows for the cause or cancer for the cause. They call it to help children with cancer, and they raise money to help all these uh, parents that are have struggling for their medical bills for their kids. So they're doing a show here in Wills Point where I live at the church and they've already had over 500 tickets sold, wow. but Smash Mouth Wrestling came over and they found out through Mike Gunner for the, the promoter of God State Wrestling Alliance, who's going to be running soon. They came over and they asked me if I'd be honored if they could present me with a lifetime achievement award for pro wrestling. And I'm like, with a smile and they go, we know that you don't get that into wrestling. We already heard from Mike Gunner saying that you're not all about that. You don't have no ego about that, but we really would like to honor you with a lifetime achievement award. <laughs> I said, well, you're right. I'm not all into that, but it'd be an honor, especially for the cause. 
if you're doing it for a great cause, heck yeah, I'm there. I'm there for you. You know, so that's awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that's that's going to be awesome coming up June 26th. But yeah, we're going to have. I guess we'll have fun with it. I don't know. And we'll talk. We'll, <laughs> ta- we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks because well, hopefully we yeah. can get some people out there. June 26th. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. We'll get that information out on uh, on the Twitter and and hopefully we can get some of our listeners down to help you celebrate. Great, sounds fantastic. Tell our listeners a peace out, and I hope they have a very pleasant and safe Memorial Day weekend. And please remember the men and women serving now, and the men and women served in the past in their prayers. And keep believing in America. Be yeah. proud of where you live. You know, yeah. believe in America, believe in, we are the greatest nation in the world and we should be all, should be Americans and proud of it. And all problems will work themselves out. That's the way, that's the way we do it. That's the way we do it. All right, Manny, um, have a great, great holiday weekend. Everybody remember, if you're listening for the first time, follow us at VOC Nation Wrestling Network on your favorite podcast app. And you can look for No BS with the Bull Drops every Monday right here on all of our shows are on the same feed. So you like Bill Apter, Ken Resnick, Wes Briscoe, Shelly Martinez, whoever you like. It's all in the same feed, VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Visit VOCNation.com for all of the uh, past stuff, archives. You can find uh, good stuff there. And follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Manny, you have a good holiday weekend. And we will talk again next Monday. Okay, on No BS with the Bull. Thank you, sir. And you have a great one. Everybody have a great holiday. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation.